Hello, and welcome to Stationery Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyfin, joined as always by my Mediterranean cohort, Mr. Stu Lennon. How are you today, Stu? I don't think I've ever been called a cohort before. I, I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Justin? Oh, I'm tired. I'm still working on my coffee. Uh, Stu's had to wait for a couple of minutes because I had left my coffee upstairs at the dining room table when I was having my breakfast and came down here and realized I cannot podcast without caffeine. <laughs> well, it is very early where you are. You're, I think caffeine is a good thing. Yes, definitely. How are things with you? I uh, Tell me, your your family seems to be growing and becoming a little bit more diverse. Uh, what's going on <laughs> in the Mediterranean, Stu? Uh, Chicago. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody loves a girl called Chicago. Um, okay, so on my daily walk uh, with the hounds, uh, Charlie and Spice, we have of late been joined by... Uh, a hunting dog. I know it's a hunting dog because of the breed and because it's wearing a hunting collar, which is a sort of legal requirement here. Um, she is very, very slim to the extent that you might say she's very, very skinny um, to the extent you might say she was starving. She's either lost or been abandoned. And my host country here has has a bit of form on this. If a hunting dog doesn't um, reach standard for whatever reason, then um, it's not unknown for them to be um, thrown out of a pickup truck um, or just left uh, in the middle of the bondu. Uh, and I suspect that that's what's happening to, to Chicago. So she's ha hanging out near, um, near a neighbor's house. Uh, he has a dog, has a sort of, um, sort of wired in little run for this dog um he uses that dog as an alarm dog if you like um and she's been kind of hanging out the other side of the wire um with him but he's not been feeding her um and so she's just been getting skinnier and skinnier and uh, much though i'm i'm cold-hearted and I'm, I'm sort of prone to saying look you know i can't rescue every dog in the world i can't walk past one and watch it starve either so um, I've been sneaking some food up to her. Um, so she comes on the walk with us uh, as we appear in the morning. She comes running over to Charlie, uh, for whom I think she has she has lust for, for young Charlie. Um, and uh, just comes wherever we go and then comes back with us. Uh, and so I find a quiet spot and just I have a bag of food in my pocket, which I, I put down for her and let her eat. Um, and my plan, my master plan, Justin, is to, to get her to trust me. She's very, very skittish. Um, she appears to be gun shy, which would explain why she's been abandoned. Um, and she won't, she won't let me touch her. She'll, she'll pretty much go anywhere Charlie goes. Hmm. So, uh, today I had her in the garden, um, we gave her some food. Um, she just hung out with the dogs ran around a bit, came for a little lie down in the office, uh, had a little snooze in front of the couch. That sounds like progress. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. See, she definitely trusts Charlie. She's still not convinced about me. So um, I managed to treat her for, for ticks and fleas today um, by sort of sneaking the medi medication into some nice food. Um, and I'm going to try and 
um, give her some worming medicine next time I get her here. The master plan is to get her into the car, get her to the vet. Um, my vet is uh, has similar views on this to me, so uh, he, he'll treat her for free um, just to make sure that you know the sort of baseline health is okay. If we can get get her to put on some weight um, and then take her to a to a rescue shelter where hopefully we can find a new home for her. Um, obviously the temptation is for me to keep her because, um, I'm a big fan of dogs. Um, and my wife is a big fan of dogs. She's not necessarily a big fan of us having all the dogs. So, um, don't think that one's going to come. Um, and it is managing three dogs is a lot harder than managing two. I've got one and I've got my hands full. How do you think Charlie's going to feel if uh, he loses his uh, amore? I think is the word right. His amore. <laughs> well, I mean, l- like all of us, Justin, uh, you know, love comes and love goes. Uh, it's it's part of life's lessons. I mean, I think she she wants she wants little baby Charlie's, uh, and he he lacks some of the equipment required for that. So um, it's always likely to be frustrating for one or the other. Um, and there's also uh, physics. Um, we we need some sort of ladder if, if we're going to make any union happen here. So um, I, I dare say he will cope um, and, find, and find a more appropriate outlet for, for his desire. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Oh, well, I, I, I'm so happy for you. I mean, it's uh, seeing an abandoned dog like that. I, I think like you, I, I wouldn't be able to walk past it. Um, it. It breaks my heart a little bit. The, callousness of, of of cultures that treat well any animal but uh, particularly particularly sort of the domestic animals like dogs and cats and stuff like that in in that way ah oh, it's it's sad and i'm i'm really glad she found you because well you you're just a, a big softy but don't tell anybody <laughs> when it comes to dogs, uh, yeah, I I can't walk past that. She's called she's called Chicago, by the way, because she's uh, she's got little white socks. So um, she's a, a pure black dog, but she's got little white socks and a little white patch on her chest. Mm. So that just made me think of the baseball team. I didn't think you liked baseball. I thought you thought it was um, glorified rounders. Well, it is, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't like it. I mean, pretty much all sports are glorified children's games, aren't they? Let's be honest. There we go. There's there's a lot of the audience throwing things at the uh, <laughs> the speakers. Sorry, but it's true. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just seemed, seemed to fit. This from a guy that kicks a little white ball around a, a big green course, hoping to put it in tiny little <laughs> holes. Exactly. Probably sports is not our strong point, Stu. I think we should move on. <laughs> Indeed, we should. All right. So, what's your follow-up there? What's been happening in the world of Twyford? Presumably, a lot of snow. I'm going to guess. Uh, no more snow, but uh, it is not moving. Oh, okay. It is. Uh, oh. I think too cold to snow. What is it? Oh, it's actually. What is it? Somewhere around one degree. At, uh, I have to check because I'm not sure here. Minus three feels like minus five. So it's actually almost toasty warm today, Stu. Oh, <laughs> I know. Now this the snow is here for a while. It's it's fine. Get used to it after a while. As long as I don't have to shovel it, I'm happy. Um, my follow up things. Couple of things actually. Uh, first one, uh, Lisa S. 
friend of the show sent me a message. She forwarded me a setup email, which ironically I never got from setup. Um, I was complaining about setup the other day and not working and support and, uh, uninstalling, deleting and reinstalling and still messing around before I finally suddenly started working. Uh, setup did have a server problem as I suspected uh, last week. It was a problem on their end, which when I think about it, doesn't make me NF, uh, feel any better about their default to null behavior. So there you go. I'm still kind of thinking about that whole thing and what do I use and why do I use it? And I've been using it for years, never been a problem, but still on my mind now, I will probably do something like stew and go down every different combination of app, uh, trying to find the writing one that uh, stores notes where he wants it to. We'll figure it out. Um, the other thing that I got, uh, I was talking to timing. I installed that the other week. Uh, got a little bit of clarification from the, I think it's a one man show, the programmer there, which I thought was really kind. Um, and he commented that the only reason they have access to my data is because I had enabled back in 2019, which was probably before I thought a lot about, uh, or as much about security as I do now. Um, I had enabled timing to be able to combine all the information from all of my computers to give me a comprehensive report. And that does involve them storing their data. Um, there was some opt-in for the, for the email. So I could have been, well, willfully ignorant that they had access to it. Uh, more than anything though, he said he can delete the data. So any data on his service server, just send a message, he'll delete it. Uh, which, you know, one man show probably paying for storage somewhere. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, it's not Google who, well, deleting means you just can't see it, but it's still there and we can sell it. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, comforted by timing. Apparently if you just have a one instance on your computer, then it still stores things locally. Either way, I've got really nervous about these apps that have way too much information and I'm kind of re revaluing the apps that I'm using. So there we go. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna end up in that in that spot where I was, where you you kind of think, okay, what can I do with all the default apps, all the Apple owned apps? There's no third party. There's nobody in care. Everything is stored on my device. Blah blah blah, and you sort of come to this whole new stripped down computing experience, and then you go, but I really like that app. Yeah, and like the rest of the world. <laughs> throw out your privacy concerns and start using the app you like. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. At least I have to look very closely and say, what is in that app? And what am I comfortable sharing, losing, uh, having public? You know, that that is going to be much more on my mind at the moment. So we shall see. But yeah, Stu, I think you broke me. <laughs> Me? I broke you? How did I break you? Uh, you started this whole thing with notes. 
back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, one of us starts something and I'm guaranteed that the other one is going to, you know, say, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> this might be my version of that. All right. Enough ranting about tech. Uh, what's your tool of the week, Stu? Uh, my tool of the week is the Humble Pocket Notebook. Um, as discussed last week, I was going to make an effort to get back into using one. I am, I have, I did, uh, to the extent that I've I've finished. I finished a notebook. I'm moving into a new one today, so um, I'm out of my endless storyboard, which is uh, sort of black to my river, and now I'm into one by Pebble, uh, Pebble Stationery, um, out of Australia. Uh, I'm using Glacier, which is a very nice sort of blue cover on uh, some Tamai 52. So very, very nice. Great with my pens, but yeah, just lovely to be thinking to make a note. Very nice. Very nice. I guess that will die off in the summer when it gets hot and you don't want to carry a book with you. Could be. <laughs> we'll see. I gives you a couple months anyway. I don't like tools this week, Stu. I was going to say, what, what is your tool of the week? Uh, my credit card. Um, I've had, I've had an expensive week, a frustrating week. I so many things around here have broken. I hate tools. I really, really hate tools this week. I, we were out on the other day. Uh, my daughter told me that some of the keys on her keyboard don't work. I was using my paint dehydrator the other day and the regulator broke on it. So I can't use that. Uh, turtle tank have a turtle in the house the filter blew up i had to buy the second lot of new parts for my snowblower and then the other day it was a holiday weekend last weekend here i came into the staircase that goes up from where my office is to the main part of the house which is well two stories plus high because we have high ceilings here so that's 20 odd feet up in the air and the two light bulbs up there were both dead. Now, my ladder, I have a long ladder. It is buried under probably three feet of snow alongside the house. And of course, the idea of A, trying to brush that off, B, bring that inside, making whatever mess was going to um, get on the floor dealing with the fallout from Mrs. T because that would have to come in through the front door making said mess. I ended up shopping for most of the day, trying to drive around each and every hardware store in the neighboring towns to get a tool on a stick to basically unscrew light bulbs. Oh, wow. I did, but I'm so very, very broke. I'm disillusioned. And I'm tired of fixing things. I just want to curl up in a ball and <sighs> wait for spring, Stu. I want to wait for spring. <laughs> You've discovered you are, in fact, a bear. That's about, well, yeah, grumpy, grizzly, grizzly bear. That's it. I'm a grizzly old man. <laughs> um, I happen to be flicking through Walden this week. Mm -hmm. And Thoreau's quote, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation jumped out at me oh boy i think thoreau had a household like mine where stuff was falling down and he had to fix it and replace it too <laughs> but yes that's how i feel i am leading a life of quiet desperation this week's too 
Ah, we all get weeks like that. Next week will be better. I hope so. All right. Tell me something exciting. What are you writing with this week, Stu? Uh, well, no change. Um, but I am enjoying them immensely. My my uh, Sailor Pro gear is is being the grown-up pen, so that's got the diamine blue-black in it. The Pelican Vibrant Orange um, with the sort of pinky Strauss ink from diamine. It's just lovely. Um, it's, it's not very formal, but it's lovely. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and my my little Coeco Brass Sport you know, with my pocket notebook, I'm, I'm, I'm all hashtag EDC again. I'm loving it. Really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Do you have the Batman utility belt to carry the brass board and your little flashlight and your knife and your field notes and all that stuff that you need? No, I have one of those, um, those wonderful, wonderful things called a pocket. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's where I put my pocket notebook. The who is in the name I find. What about you? What are you writing with? Anything exciting? Well, I'm not sure exciting, but uh, I, I was feeling well, a little same, same, same. I've been writing with the same mm-hmm. pens for like three or four weeks now. And I keep looking at them and I even go as far as like unscrewing the body and ah, there's still ink in there. That's going to go for a while longer. Uh, but dang it. I felt like a new pen and more importantly, I felt like an orange ink. I haven't used an orange ink in a little while. So I was going through some of my old pens. And I use something that I don't use very often. Uh, a Schaefer 100. It's a Schaefer Ferrari 100. Ooh. This weekend coming up is the last race of Formula One racing for 2022. And yeah, oh, look, we're back at sports again. So we'll lose half of our audience. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm a fan. Um, I have this pen and I probably, I, I don't want to admit to how long it is since I've used it. It's just a black steel nib pen. It's got a little Ferrari logo on the top. Uh, but I put uh, a Lamy copper orange. I, I think, I've, I don't know if you use Lamy inks do the uh, traditional ones with the, with the strip on the bottom, but boy, they have such lousy branding. I couldn't actually think of what color it was called. I had to Google it. And more importantly, it doesn't actually tell you anywhere on the box or the bottle. It's kind of an orangey color, but I didn't think they made an orange. So I, f- I figured it out. It would have been the copper orange from a couple of years ago. It's fine. It's kind of not br- as bright as the box would have you believe. Mm-hmm. The copper part, I think. But uh, yeah, I have a little bit of orange in my life now. So there we go. I added one more to the pile of pens that won't run out of ink. So <laughs> Well, good. You'll probably hear me complaining about these for the next four or five weeks. Just, just write more. That's that's the secret, isn't it? We we both need to write more. This is true. This is true. All right. Speaking of writing more, we want to talk about gratitude journaling. Yay! Boo. Uh, so what is what is gratitude journaling? I don't know about you. Do you remember that that book that was all the phase for a while? The secret. Uh, you couldn't get away no, from it. I I think I missed it. <laughs> Lucky me. Okay. All of our American listeners then are kind of clinching at the moment because it was a book that was rammed down everybody's throat. The promotional budget on this thing must've been huge. Um, but yes, it was, um, basically it said, think positive thoughts and everything will come true. That is a secret. I just saved you 27 99 and 
three hours of your time reading the book. So, is it the secret to the law of attraction? Manifest your dreams. Is that it? Oh, I don't, I don't think it was. Well, maybe. Uh, that's a, that's the secret dot TV. It's uh, um, oh, here we go. Uh, Rhonda Byrne, creative behind the, the secret, a documentary film that swept the world in two thousand and six, changing million. Oh, two thousand and six. I was I was busy getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't have been. Uh, particularly interested in anything mm. just started the new money transfer business the secret to the law of attraction may be worth skipping but there is a link in the show notes for it if you want to see it anyway back to gratitude journaling the gratitude journaling always kind of had a little bit of that secret feeling to it for me the idea as i understand it is a practice on focusing on the positive things in your life and trying to do away with our natural inclination towards thinking the worst by choosing to think about it, write about it, acknowledge it. One builds up resi- the resilience of positive thinking. Does that sound about right to how you think about it, Stu? Uh, well, I think, you know, that's, that's a definition. I think it's probably quite accurate. Um, my my initial response to the concept of of gratitude journaling was um well skepticism shall we say i'm i'm like mm, not sure that that can really make any difference um it's a bit like decorating your bullet journal i, I thought you know fine if you do it it's great uh, just not something for me um but then i guess i started reading a little bit more widely um, listening to some podcasts that would sort of, you know, be in this area. And there does appear to be some sort of science behind the idea that being grateful or focusing on those things for which one might be grateful does make a difference to, to mindset and mood. So um, I, I, I do try to gratitude journal. It's, we need to get a verb for that because that's really horrible. But yes, I gratitude journal. I am um, I thankful journal in gratituding. Yes, I'm gratituding. Ding. Um yeah. So I I every every time I write in my my sort of big journal, my feelings journal, then I I make a point of writing a statement along the lines of I am grateful for. Um it is quite awkward and artificial and not terribly natural but i think it gets me thinking about the right things that's that's how i would put it um i also do it in my daily driver so when i'm sort of planning my day um i write something at the top i am grateful for and that will usually, because of the timing, it will usually be something to do with either where I live or um, the dogs or nature, because I've just taken the dogs for a walk. And <laughs> that tends to be sort of top of my, my mind. And there are 455,000 ways of being grateful for that combination about either nature or sun or dogs or um, unconditional love or, you know, a bit of imagination. You can go everywhere with that. Ah, you're so, so you're back to throw with a dog, nature and dogs. Yeah, I, uh, uh, 
I tend to uh, sort of see gratitude can sometimes be be a sort of double edged sword for me. It can it can be about gratitude, and it can also be sort of oh, thank heavens I'm not. So I remember when lockdowns began, and um, you know, humble brag. I would take my coffee and go and sit on my balcony overlooking what's a pretty sizable garden with my dogs running around in it, sipping my coffee in the sun going, lockdown, fantastic. Um, and I thought, oh, can I imagine if I was back in my little maisonette in London where we did have a garden, but you couldn't get to it directly from the house. You had to go onto the street to get to it. And the weather was considerably worse and the the property itself was much smaller because you know properties in london do tend to be and i was thinking oh wow how difficult would it be to be there um rather than here and i appreciate that for lots of people lockdown was very very confining um i i had it incredibly good um during lockdown so that I'm not sure that's how you're supposed to do gratitude, but um, that sort of, oh, wow, look, I am lucky. I am fortunate. I'm uh, I'm privileged. I am um, extremely lucky to be in the position in in which I find myself. So that sort of feeds into my process as well. And I'm not sure that's how you're supposed to do it, but it's how it works for me. Mm, Interesting. So you do this as a, a regular practice then? Yeah, I try. Uh, I try to journal, uh, not every day, but most days. So um, I make it a practice after my um, dog walk. There's a bit of habit stacking coming here. After after I've walked the dogs, I meditate for ten minutes, and then I write something in my big journal. Um, and from there, I sort of start my working day by getting into my daily drivers. So um, there's sort of two opportunities for me to to express gratitude there uh but that doesn't happen if i'm playing golf because i walk the dogs uh, come back in and then run off to drive to the golf course and so it all tends to go a little bit wrong uh, which is why every day doesn't happen mm. what is this walking the dogs thing you speak of uh, we we <laughs> have I, you know completely off topic is the way this episode's going but uh, we have a space that we have shoveled the grass of snow so coco can run out the front door it's uh you know what six seven steps for her to get to the grass uh she does her business and sprints back for the front door taking her for a walk well everywhere's ice uh there's a spot of uh, maybe 100 yards outside of my house that is a combination of um, no ice and Uh, none of the salty, sandy stuff they put down to make the ice go away. Mm -hmm. And uh, she will walk a little bit of that in the mid-afternoon, the high temperatures of the day, uh, and then jump up into my arms and say, Daddy, carry me home. So, yeah, I'm I'm not feeling the um, let's get the dog out for a walk at the moment. It's killing me. (laughs) So, yeah, my, my, my practice there has changed. Yeah, I mean, weather is weather, isn't it? And it does impact exactly how how one can sort of make the routines work. But um, again, 
you know, I'm lucky in that my climate, sometimes it gets too hot to walk. It can get really, really hot in the summer. But we tend to counter that by going out early and not going so far. Um, but my dogs are such that um, if, if we're really pressed for time, so sometimes I have to play golf very early for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, and I live in a village where there's no streetlights. So um, if I have to walk the dogs in the dark, I'm, I'm very quickly lost. They don't mind um, not having much of a walk, but they need to be outside the gates. So they like to go outside the gates, have a little sniff around, uh, maybe a, you know, cocking of a leg or two, and then they'll come back in. They're, they're very relaxed about that. But if I don't take them outside the gates, oh no, they feel very hard done by. They feel they've been robbed of their walk. Um, so it's not unusual to see me standing out there just taking the dogs out for literally a minute and a half and bringing them back in what we will call the Canadian manner, even though there's no snow. Yes. Now we, we went out, uh, or the family went out yesterday. We got Coco a big thick jacket and unfortunately with her hair, she uh, is not good at shoes. She was throwing those off in no time flat, but we tried anything to get her going for a walk in the winter. It's brutal. Anyway. Um, so, okay. So you've got this habit stacking of a practice. Sure. For me, I I've tried gratitude journaling several times. Usually when somebody I follow talks about it and I go, you know, I, I think there is something there. I'm just not sure what it is. I have a hard time making it stick as a daily practice. I, and most of that, honestly, for me is it feels forced. It feels saccharine. Mm -hmm. I end up repeating things. Mm -hmm. finding silly things to be grateful for just because I can't write down the same thing day after day. And as soon as it feels forced, especially if I kind of am forcing myself to do it for any period, I'm going to do this for two weeks. And it, it just feels so forced that I completely lose interest in it. Mm. So I, I am curious because you're, you've obviously got a much better practice in this than I do. Uh, what tips can you share on how to make this practice stick and feel less, less saccharine? Well, I, I think the first thing is, I think you're absolutely right. Um, when you sit down and force yourself to, um, to write something, you end up either writing something you've already written or feeling like you're sort of contriving something. It is, it is that type of thing, but in many ways, that's the point. It's, I, and I assume everyone else, I don't know, I very quickly get tied up and wrapped up in problems. So, you know, running businesses, they, they, they come up, you know, things happen. It, managing a business in many ways is, is just about solving the problems as they arrive. Um, and if there's something that's bugging me, or there's a series of things that are going not as I would like them to, then I get very focused on that and I feel that in the way that I think about food. So um, stressed me is eating me. Um, I can feel that in how I'm um, interacting with uh, my wife, with other people. I'm stressed. Um, and I think a gratefulness or a gratitude practice 
makes me sit down and go, okay, so I'm stressed about that. Fine. I know what I'm going to do about that. I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. But what am I not stressed about? What am I lucky for? What, where, where can I be? And that gives me a little bit more balance. So I tend to get very stressed and wound up about things that really don't matter, actually. Um, and you, TJ, me, all, all of us of late have had things that really do matter come up. And it's, I suppose it's like, it's like a muscle thing. If you're going to deal with stuff that really does matter, then dealing with that stuff that doesn't matter in a balanced and, and sensible way, I think it's great practice. And gratitude brings a little bit of balance, but it is, I think, contrived. We don't naturally sit down and go, well, look at all the things I've got. I should be delighted about this. Aren't I lucky to be living where I live or living with whom I live or working where I work, having the colleagues that I do, having the opportunities that I do, having the weather that I do, having the dog that I do? Making yourself think about those things, I think, is a real positive and helps maintain a balance in your sort of life view for the day. It's, you know, it's the same as forcing yourself to smile when you don't feel particularly happy. Um, it's been proven that smiling does make you happier, weird though that might be. It's been proven that a contrived smile will still work at making you happier. Um, bizarre though that sounds. So there are times when I'm, I've, I find myself writing a gratitude entry where I'm not feeling particularly grateful where I'm feeling that I, I kind of just want to get on and deal with shouting at this supplier or that person or whatever the problem is. Um, but I feel that with meditation too. There are times when, um, I, I find myself thinking, oh, right. Okay. Well, I can just, I can put the meditation on and then I can sort that spreadsheet out and then go, hang on. That's, that's not how it's supposed to work. No, that hang, whoa. And forcing myself to meditate even when I really don't feel like it. Uh, same thing, balance, just giving me a little bit more uh, of a pause between my sort of uh, high-speed mind, which is going, solve this, do that, do that, do that. Just giving myself a little moment, uh, whether that be through meditation or through uh, a gratitude practice, saying, well, hang on, okay, where, what is life? Where are we? What am I doing? What And... I find that useful, but I, I would agree with you 100% that it's not, it's not natural. It's not the thing that I, I – and there are sometimes I sit here and I think, I'm not grateful about anything. Ask, ask me about gratitude in a couple of hours when I've dealt with these, these fires, put these fires out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't make it every day, but like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm. So do you find there's a better time of the day that you are much more effective at expressing gratitude and more importantly, feeling the benefits from the gratitude you expressed? Morning for me, because um, it sets me in the right direction. So like everyone, I've got a million things that I need to do. So um, you, you've got all of yours enshrined in, in OmniFocus. Mine are in things and you know all sorts of places, but I know that I've got lots of studying to do because I've got a deadline coming. 
I know that I've got to write lots of posts because you know I'm committed to writing two posts a week. I know that I've got uh, several things to do on um, sort of sales drive for the compliance business because I've set up reminders and things to do that. And I look at all that and I instantly feel a sense of overwhelm. I instantly think, oh, wow, what I really want to do is I want to do a Justin. I want to curl up in a ball and just wait for spring. Um, if I then just take a little minute to go, right, okay, where are we? Okay, we've got all this stuff. But look, because I have all of these tools, I've made a plan that I'm going to study tomorrow afternoon, that I'm going to do the Lime stuff this morning, that I'm going to do this then. I have a plan. I've got all the tools here to do these things. These things are things that I've chosen to do. These are things that I am lucky enough to say I want to study. I want to use my time to study. I don't have to do that. I've chosen to do that. And that's a very privileged position to be in. So be grateful for that, Stuart. And I, it, I'm almost sort of giving myself a little th therapy session, sort of uh, wagging the finger, calm down, calm down. And that sets me up then to approach the day in a much more measured way. And instead of trying to, I just got to do everything. I say, no, I've scheduled that I've got three things to do today. I'm going to do them. One, two, three, boom. So that's, for me, morning is best. Evening, sure, but I'm usually tired and I'm usually just thinking. I, I try to have a, a shutdown routine where I sort of reflect on the day and say, okay, look, he's, here's all the good things. These are the things you've done, the wins. I try and do that, but I'm really bad at it because my energy levels, I think, have, are just depleted. I'm, uh, as I've got older, I am increasingly a morning person. I'm up at five o'clock every morning. Um, but come, <laughs> come nine o'clock at night, I'm probably falling asleep. I was going to say, you're making nine o'clock at night, Stu. You're doing well. <laughs> well, I usually, I usually have to wake my wife up to go to bed because she gets up at five and goes off and deals with classrooms full of children, which fair play to her. Uh, my wife and I are on uh, slightly different schedules at the moment. She's still oh, taking a lot of time to recover. She's got, you know, further complications from the whole cancer surgery and stuff like that. So uh, she comes to bed after I do and she sleeps in after I do. So uh, it's all good. Uh, the dog mm. is happy to come to bed with me and get up with my wife. So I've, I've never met an animal that <laughs> sleeps so long. <sighs> oh, I think she'd get on with Charlie. Um, I mean, there is a, I'm sure this is true in your eyes. They're, they're, well, I know it's not, but there, there are no dogs on the bed. Okay. That is the rule. There are no dogs on the bed. Charlie actually sleeps under the duvet on the bed. Mm. Um, and he, he stays off the bed for at least eight or nine seconds. Uh, spicy, she's a little bit more circumspect. She'll stay off it for about 20 minutes. So we have Charlie who will, <laughs> will literally burrow under the duvet between my wife and I. <laughs> and he's quite, um, he's solid. So when Charlie pushes you in the back, he pushes you in the back. So he, he sort of wedges himself in there and then Spice sort of double locks us under the duvet by lying on top of the duvet and, and you can't move. Um, so once, once, once we're settled for the night, nobody can move pretty much. That's, that's the end of it all. Mm. Coco, well, she's a princess and very, very early on, um, she's got a loud bark. Uh, Lhasa Apsos are guard dogs from Tibet 
they are they have the bull mastiffs that sit outside the temple and then the lasses are bred to be the inside guard dogs mm-hmm. and they alert and so uh, she alerts if she's not with you or if she wants something whether it's getting up on the bed or getting onto the couch or whatever she just sits and barks and she's stubborn oh boy she's stubborn so we've learned very early on that there is no hope in heck of coco sleeping on her bed that she does have in the bedroom um and she can't actually climb onto the bed because little legs and bad legs she had surgery when she was a pup so uh, she actually has to be picked up and put on the bed she will sit on the bed and look at one of her many toys that tend to collect on her bed in on the floor and bark until we pass her the correct toy that she wants for that night <laughs> And of course, uh, yeah, she, she likes to sleep in between the two pillows, my wife's and I. So, uh, you know, boy, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, parents of young children are laughing at the moment to go oh, yeah, we're used to that, but doing it at our age with a dog seems <laughs> absolutely crazy. Oh, well, anyway, let's back, get back to gratitude. I guess, you know what? There is one thing I am grateful for that little fluff ball because uh, she brings such joy. And I'm sure yours do to you as well, Stu. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, um, the, the, I've got a sign up in the, uh, in the living room that's, um, I see, you know, it's one of those sort of painted onto a board, uh, decoration things. And it, and it says, I want to be the person my dog thinks I am. And anybody that owns a dog knows that, that way that they look at you. Um, you are the source of everything good in that dog's life. And all they want to do is please you. Um, sometimes they get it wrong, badly wrong in the case of a Jack Russell. But, <laughs> but um, I, they're just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't contemplate being without a dog. Mm. I really couldn't. My dog is not so much as a pleaser as thou shall please me. She's a princess. <laughs> but anyway, she's still a sweetheart and we love her. Um, so... How do you start a gratitude entry? I am grateful for, or is there another way you approach it that can take some of that sacrament out? Uh, I'm grateful for is, is fine. Um, particularly if you're struggling because you know, it, it's a formula and you get into, uh, get into understanding that you have to come up with something. I am grateful for the morning walk is one that I've written down. I am grateful for Charlie. I am grateful for Spice. I am grateful for Margaret. Not necessarily in that order, he hastened to add. But um, I also write just simple sort of free-flowing prose where I'll say a fantastic walk walk this morning, Um, was out to see the sunrise it was beautiful and warm i hate you um the great view over the bay <laughs> but you know i'll start sort of just letting those things out um and expressing them and that sort of warms me up insofar as oh well actually isn't that great that i can do that in the morning and i'm not walking in you know rainy london is the one that comes to my mind but um yeah i i don't think the the formula is important. I think having one like I'm grateful for means you're going to head off in the right direction, but you, you soon get to the point of just for the sake of variation, you start writing other things. Hmm. What would you recommend for somebody that is 
interested in trying gratitude journaling, uh, perhaps me, for example, how would you suggest they get started and stick with it? I think, I think one of the best things to do is, um, whatever time you feel you have time to journal, whether that be morning or, or evening, you think about the period just passed. So I get up in the morning and okay, I will focus on what I've just done, which will be my, my dog walk, but I'll also focus on the day before. So there's nothing wrong, for example, with saying, I really enjoyed watching Andor last night. Um, because if you're of a certain age, um, the Star Wars <laughs> sort of universe is important. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been sort of, you know, lost for a while, whereas Andor would, would seem to indicate that it's coming back. Oh, are we going to go on the Star Wars uh, talk now, Stu? Because <laughs> I, I'm finding Andor to be one of the, the best Star Wars franchises since, well, since Disney took over. Oh, I mean, I, I think there's a very strong argument to say that Andor is the best Star Wars. Mm. Full stop. Um, um, and I, you know, I'm, I saw the film <laughs> when it came out. I'm that old. Um, so um, it's, like, it's, it's brilliantly shot. Um, it's, it's got a proper plot. It's had its quiet moments. Um, I think 12 episodes. 11 episodes, I think. I watched 11 last night. Yeah, well, the 12 is to, is to come. So yes. the next one's the last one. So I, I think it maybe you could have got the the, the story arc into eight. Mm -hmm. um, but that that being said, it's it's got all the sort of classic Star Wars um, elements to it, which, as you say, have been perhaps a little lacking in some of the other recent offerings. But um there you go. You know, it's something that you get, oh, wow, that was great. It's fantastic. It feels like Star Wars is back. If that makes you feel positive and feel, makes you feel engaged and, you know, happy with your lot in the, in, in the world, do you know what? You've just effectively gratitude, gratitude journaled. Wow. We need a verb. Um, so I, I think when I first started, there was always, I always wanted to be very worthy, um, in my journaling and it's, Nature is so wonderful. I'm so privileged to be in this beautiful world. Um, and that is no better than Star Wars was great last night. Mm. Or, wow, wasn't it fancy? That meal last night, huge, big, huge salad, whatever it was, whatever ticked your box. Oh, you know, I had a really nice scotch last night. I had a beautiful beer. You know, any of those things. It's about taking a little moment to recognize that actually you're pretty lucky, you're pretty privileged, despite all of the things that, you know, maybe aren't going as you would like them to. Um, keep it simple, stupid. Do you find, just, uh, just listening to you talk about things you could um, say, if you are thinking that I am going to do a gratitude journal entry, do you stop to feel the gratitude in the moment anymore? Like, for example, when you're having that scotch or that beer or that walk with the dogs out in nature, do you feel that the idea of, yes, I'm going to have to come up with something, I need to think of something positive that I'm grateful for? Uh, does that help you change and perhaps 
expand your experience of that in the moment? Yeah, I, th- I think definitely the the mindset that you adopt impacts the way that you experience those moments. And mindfulness, gratitude are, are as, as you've just alluded to, all about being in the moment. And um, I can't, I can't tell you the amount of times I, I used to take my dog or dogs uh, for walks uh, in the UK um, with, you know, uh, with, with no joy at all, <laughs> with the idea that, oh, I've got to do a dog walk and the weather's not very nice and I don't like it. Um, and adopting a practice of looking around you and go, you know, okay, I don't, nobody likes the rain particularly, but looking around you and go, oh, wow, now isn't this cool? Isn't this gorgeous? Isn't this lovely? Just being out with your dog and the dog looking at you going, I mean, sometimes in, in the case of Nero, he would look at me going, it's wet. Do, do we really need to be doing this? Or well, that was my interpretation of his look. Obviously, he barked. Um, and I think you do if if you are um, choosing to focus on being grateful. Then you inevitably, during your day or evening, look at things, and you you know I occasionally think, oh wow, I must must mention this in the journal tomorrow. So I think it helps with that. All right. Sounds like I've got homework from this uh, episode. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing that I did notice was that I got out of the habit of doing any um, gratitude statements in my journal. I just um, stopped doing it because of all the things we've spoken about. You know, it's a bit saccharine, it's a bit contrived, probably too much effort. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit busy being angry. Um, and I think it was a contributory factor to me feeling less positive, less upbeat. Um, and, you know, struggling is a strong word, but I think like everyone else, my sort of mood and engagement with the world goes up and down. And I sat there and went, I wonder if it's coincidental that I'm feeling a bit glum. I think it was the, the, the word I used in the blog post. I'm feeling a bit glum and I haven't actually, you know, been grateful for anything for weeks. And it was that that made me say, okay, get back to writing down. Today, I am grateful for, um, and forcing myself to, to acknowledge how lucky and privileged I am. Mm. And I think uh, I, that, that to me sort of made me think, do you know what, there, there is something to this because I can definitely point to a correlation between my mood and my journaling. Do you find there's any value in putting in a notebook that you go back to? Uh, the reason that I'm asking this is I'm just looking at my little analog card that's on the desk in front of me and thinking, you know what, what might be a really good practice for me before I complete that card and throw it in the shredder to take that card, flip it over and write a gratitude entry on it mm. and then get rid of it. Yep. That way there is no reminder that I was grateful for the dog, the wife, well, I would say the location, but that, that might not be till April of next year. Um, but you know, that, that idea of it doesn't matter if it's a repeat Yep. because I'm not going to be seeing it. It, it is somewhat, uh, it, it, it just comes and goes. Absolutely. I mean, I, I find that I almost never review my journals. 
almost ever. So um, I'm effectively doing what you suggest. And I think that's a great use of the back of an analog collar, to be honest. I think it'd be a great way of um, sort of rounding out that day and saying, you know, those, those, that day is gone, those things are gone. Um, I, good idea. Yeah, there's a, there's a process that I have in closing out my day and, and closing out my analog card that it sort of has a dovetail to it, you know? There's, there would be a context shift for me to go and open a journal and sit down a journal, whereas this might just work for me. So I got to try that for the next week and I'll report back. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fabulous idea. All right. Um, any takeaways for gratitude journaling again from the conversation we had? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. The first one, just to annoy everyone, a uh, bit of stoic quotation work. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, um, you know, Roman emperor, quite the man at times, uh, each day provides its own gifts. Uh, and my takeaway for, for gratitude, gratitude journaling, wow, I'm going to have to practice that, is take stock for a moment. Just look around at your life. Do you have anything to be grateful for? Think on it. I like to journal it. But I think the important thing is to think, is to reflect, is to take that moment, because I think that's what amends the mindset. Mm -hmm. Oh, very deep. I was kind of coming into this. I, I like the idea that gratitude is highly valuable, but I was kind of reflecting on my takeaway as, well, if it feels forced and unnatural, even after some sort of regular practice, evaluate whether it's for you. You know, um, for me, I'm going to give it another try, but coming into this, perhaps there's another way for you to connect, whether it's meditation, whether it's prayer, living where I do, whether it's foraging naked in the wilderness, you know, you do you, uh, whatever you can do to connect to something positive, I think is really the point of the gratitude journaling. And, you know, if you haven't done it in a while, join me in my We'll see what my attempt is because I'll report back on this and follow up next week. Uh, but I'm going to do this for a week. And as I say, I've got a plan. Uh, now it's going to get put in my task manager. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, please, I, please, one thing, I, Justin, mm -hmm. for you and anyone else living in uh, inland Canada, can, can we just hold off on the foraging naked in the wilderness at least until the spring? All right. I mean, that's, it's a, that's a public health announcement, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe those Sasquatch uh, sightings have become a backup. You never know. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, up here, you, you would never be surprised if, if you saw something like that up here. It's just got that kind of weird place. Anyway, Stu, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, you can find me, uh, my writing at stuartlennon.com. Uh, you can find me selling all sorts of lovely stationery at nerosnotes.co.uk. I'm still on Twitter, or I am at the time of recording at least. Uh, that's at twitter.com slash stuartlennon. Uh, and I suppose you could find me on Instagram at stuartlennon.587. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Um, is this place to find me and links to me is justintwyford.com. I'm still on Twitter too. Twitter seems to be evolving into this place where it is entirely complaining about Twitter, um, but I'm still not leaving it. I curate your feed, people. Curate your feed. And that's doing myself too, because we're cool people. 
And we share pictures of dogs. There we go. Uh, and we don't talk about Twitter. Oh, we just did. Uh, we're, we're trying not to. Anyway, uh, you can also find more information about both of us and links to both of us at stationaryadjacent.com. You can find our show notes there. And if you'd like, uh, you can send us your feedback. Please email us at stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. If you could take a moment to like and review us on your podcast, catch your choice, positive reviews only, please people. Uh, and we do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Our next topic, because it's that time of year, it's going to be on gifts for stationary nerds, uh, which I may self-identify as a stationary nerd. Hmm. Guilty as charged. Yep. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes. Yeah,